Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to President, Patriot, or Puppet. We've got a, a absolute jam-packed radio program today. On this radio program, we discuss current political issues with an interaction and intensity not heard on other shows, including the visual media. Our listeners learn and often participate because the issues discussed could very well affect them directly. We do not let the politically skewed loud voices of a few political liars drown out the justified demand for life, liberty, and the truth. You will not hear any political correctness, nor will we run from any of the issues. We will take the challenge head on because each of us will do all in our power to save America from its obvious destruction from within, beginning with the Muslim-in-chief who obviously hates America. If you have a comment for anyone on the show, our call-in number is one three four seven eight two six seven four zero zero. So moving right along, there is no way for our bullets to be aimed only at the evil men who choose to kill or attempt to kill us. The public understandably demands retaliation against the terrorists, but at the same time, they seem to demand that the innocent be protected, regardless of the countless innocents that will be caught in the line of fire from those terrorists who attempt to destroy us. These innocents that are around the terrorists, often put there by the terrorists, suffer and die because of the action of their own government in sponsoring the initiation of the force against America and Americans as well as their allies. Their fate, therefore, is their government's moral responsibility, not those who attempt defending themselves, There is no way for our bullets to be aimed only at the evil men who wish to annihilate us or our allies, like Israel, for example. Terrorism is a specific disease which can be treated only by a specific antidote, death. Our struggle now, although brought on from our past relationship with communism that has blossomed over the years, is not a struggle against a conventional guerrilla force who has a yearning for a national homeland or to give them satisfaction due to some grievance of which attacking America and winning could satisfy that yearning or losing and being denied that yearning. No, the terrorists do not issue demands or ultimatums They do everything that they do out of hate, hatred for values cherished in the West, such as freedom, tolerance, prosperity, religious pluralism, and universal suffrage. The West has no use for religious fundamentalists, but they are tolerated due to our own destruction from within that is labeled political correctness. Muslim fundamentalists are not the only ones objected to by the West, but 
tolerated. There are also those who inspire such things as being lewd and lascivious, those who are frowned upon as well as those being corrupt and greedy who have abandoned Judeo-Christian values and religion for some political or demonic belief. Political correctness was developed by those who set the stage for America to be destroyed from within, right out of the Communist Manifesto. There are certain intellectualists that believe these acts of terror can be solved intellectually through negotiation and plying the give-and-take strategies. This is preposterous. For the terrorists are those who only want to see us dead. You got that? And they do not have a single negotiation cell in their body. The reversal of terrorism will take intellect, all right, and that would be the intellectual plan for the crucial role of our armed forces to overpower and kill our enemies. For a great leader once stated, the only way you can earn and keep respect of others is through fear. Thank you, Mr. President Ronald Reagan. As for our enemies, most of the mindset in the Middle East is ruled by thugs who would be paralyzed by an American victory over any of their neighbors. Iran, by contrast, is the only major country over there ruled by zealots. Zealots, of course, are uh, fanatical and uncompromising, dedicated not to material gain. They don't need any material gain, such as wealth or territory. Their only synopsis is the triumph over all non-Muslims by any means whatsoever, and no matter how violent, in concert with the Muslim fundamentalist movement, which they, Iran, brought to life and continue to finance, these spin-off groups called terrorist groups are simply the Iranians over there, quote-unquote, Hezbollah and others. The zealot mindset is where Iran and places like Qatar both manufactured and financially support the terrorist groups. If one were under a Nazi aerial bombardment, it would be senseless to restrict oneself to combating Nazi satellites while ignoring Germany and the ideological plague it was working to spread, what Germany was to Nazism in 1940s, Iran is to terrorism today. Whatever else it does, therefore, the United States can put an end to the jihad mongers by first taking out Iran and Qatar first. Now two of our most powerful military posts are located in Qatar, so there has been a blind-eye strategy used by our government today, eliminating Iran's and Qatar's terrorist sanctuaries and military capability is not enough, however. We must do the equivalent of denazifying the countries by expelling every official 
and bringing down each branch of its government supporting countries that support that. The goal cannot be achieved painlessly by weaponry alone. It requires invasion by ground troops who will be a serious risk and perhaps a period of occupation. But nothing less will end the state that most cries out to be ended. The Muslims actually state in social media that they love death more than the infidel loves life. It will be our duty to give them their death. The greatest obstacle to an American victory is not only Iran and its allies, but also our own far-left intellectuals. Even now, they are advocating the same ideas that caused our historical paralysis. They are asking a reeling terrorist nation to show neighborly love by shunning vengeance. The multiculturalist rejecting the concept of objectivity are urging us to understand the Arabs and Islam or the larger word Muslims and avoid the racism and any condemnation of any group's culture. You know, we must be politically correct, even to our death. The people who are reminding us ever more loudly to remember Hiroshima and beware the sin of pride, these traitors are being allowed to have tenure, which means they can't be fired. Who are these communist traitors? They are the professors who are teaching our children in our universities. These are the kinds of voices being heard in the universities, the churches, and the media. Shriek Fal Abkad, or whatever the hell his name is on CNN, I'll touch base with in a minute. As the country recovers from its first shock and the communist professors feel emboldened to resume business as usual after each shock for they are working toward the real plan which is the destruction of America from within these voices are a serene song luring us to untroubled sleep while the communist fanatics proceed to gut America when should we act If not now, when? If our appeasement has led to an escalation of disasters in the past, can it do otherwise in the future? Do we wait until our enemies master nuclear and bring the suitcase nuke bomb to America? Let us not forget that they have used chemical and biological warfare in the past and could bring it again to our American shores. It is their hatreds that drive them, not a chance of territorial and monetary gain and grab interests. So it is and has to be their own hate for us. The survival of America is at stake. The risk of the United States' overreaction, therefore, is negligible with this communist-in-chief slash Muslim in chief, the only risk we face is underreaction. 
America must send our missiles and troops in force where they belong. There is no need to justify this action. The Muslims publish their hatred for the infidel and most violently toward the West. How many 9-11s do we need or will we wait for the imminent Hiroshima to occur in, on American shores? America's coming back with a new American leader, and I believe it to be in our very near future. We must announce that we have discarded the cliches of our paper tiger and red line crossing timid past, and that the United States now places America first. There is still time to demonstrate that we take the war against terrorism seriously as a sacred obligation to our founding fathers to justly kill for every victim created by the men who hate this country so we can bring freedom back to ourselves. There is still time to make the world understand that we will take up arms anywhere and on principle to secure an American's right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness on earth, including our allies. The choice today is mass death in the United States or mass death in the terrorist nations. We must accept that how we have selected our commander-in-chief from our past is through the insane practice of electing only those who have the most big money backers, and each time we keep getting the same thing. We must wake up to this insanity. We must come together as a nation of strong Americans and accept and elect strong Americans who loves his country and his fellow Americans, and that is the man we will come to know as the American man who is not politically correct and is sorry that he only has one life to give for his country. I consider myself as such an American man. I am an American who is a combination of John Fitzgerald Kennedy and Ronald Reagan, who understood Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who said that the only thing to fear is fear itself, that nothing is greater than to defend America and Americans. The big secret of the communist Marxists is that they slowly spread in a society through making small gains by infiltration institutions that have political influences, churches for one example, and then there are the labor unions and universities. Where do you think people like Van Jones came from? In the passing of time, the communities within have risen up to infiltrate and control the much larger mainstream political parties and institutions. The Communist Party took over the Democratic Party, the Democrat Party, and, uh, and the Communist Norman Thomas, who kept running for office, admitted that he did not run for office any longer because the Democrats had adopted all the Communist Party agenda. Communists have been following the recipe perfectly, including cooking up a White House candidate. 
the ties between Barack Obama and the Hawaiian Communist Party's Frank Marshall Davis should be coming into view by now. If America goes down, every country goes down, with the exception of the bad guys, Russia, China, Iran, who are expanding, America is retreating. If this continues, the bad guys will carve up the planet amongst themselves. There will be nowhere left to run for safety. To make matters even worse, when you realize that that communists have been infiltrating the Christian churches in America for over 100 years, and they have instituted liberation theology, Christian Marxism, and they have done the same thing in the Middle East to Islam, the communists realize. They must create hatred in order to disguise their plan. And in the 1970s, Yuri Androff, Andropov, uh, the head of the Soviet KGB, had a meeting with the Romanian head of the KGB, and they made a plan to send 4,000 Marxists to the Islamic world with one purpose, to stir up hatred against the U.S. and Israel. Islam became a battering ram against the West. Now, that doesn't mean that Every Islamic terrorist understands that, just like every union member doesn't understand that unions have been taken over by the Marxists. Just like every Democrat doesn't realize that their party has been taken over by the communists. The communists will work with the gay movement. They will work with the feminist movement, the Chicano movement, Buddhist, Hindu, and they will infiltrate with whatever it takes to get to power. The Republican Party is not above reproach in its ties to Marxism. The GOP has been infiltrated to some degree, but because the Marxists have so effectively infiltrated the unions, who are so overwhelmingly Democrat, therefore less Republicans are infected by Marxism today. Dick Luger Republican Indiana was a hardcore leftist, anti-American Jacob Jacobitz, Javits, uh, the former senator from New York, also had its roots in the Communist Party. Now, the new mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, was an active supporter of the brutal communist regime well-known as one of the world's human rights abuses in Latin America. The Republican Party has crappy odor on it as well because one-third are progressives, one-third are go-along-to-get-alongs, and one-third are constitutionalists and patriots. The real battle in this country today is which faction is going to win in 2014. If the progressives win, we're done for. If the real hardcore conservatives, like Trey Gaddy, for instance, and those strong Americans not yet known to the American public come to the forefront, then this country has a chance of fighting back. Anyone else who appreciates their First Amendment rights, even liberals, atheists, and other groups that might be typically sympathetic to socialist policy, had best be warned of the inherent tyranny associated with the communist agenda. 
even from a purely secular point of view. This is a battle between good and evil. This comes down to the reason Satan was said to have left heaven. To Satan, it was better to rule in hell than to serve in heaven where he could not rule. This is the motivation of the communists. They want power. They want to rule. They don't give a damn what the earth turns into as long as they are running things. Do you pay close attention to Putin? He's quietly taking full advantage of our weakness with our Americans who are willing to allow our country to be destroyed from within. My fellow Americans, we must stop being weak and be, begin to show our strength before we are completely destroyed. Now, I want to bring in one of the great patriots who help with this show, and that name is Michael Talley. Morning, David. Morning, Doctor. Uh, beautiful introduction. You've got the biggest problem is in the White House. You know, Bummer is out there, and now we just put an edict out prohibiting Muslim profiling. And that's the stupidest thing in the world. There was an interview by Megyn Kelly on Fox, somebody that was blacked out so you couldn't see who he was. And just like we say before, there are no moderate Muslims. These people all want to see the destruction of the West, Israel, United States, Europe. He said, well, they're instructed to let everybody know that they talk to, that they protest the beheadings. They're all against all that. That's a lie. The Muslims inside their mosques, which were prohibited from following, the FBI had and the CIA had to clean all their records because of the Obama. Um, and that's something we should be doing. I'm a firm believer in profiling. Absolutely. You might as well go after the people that are committing the crime. you got young Arabs that are the Muslims that want to kill the white people. And now they've got a lot of converts. We've got people from all countries going over to fight with ISIS. ISIL, if you listen to the Obama, because he wants to demonstrate he is against Israel. Nobody should be calling it ISIL. They should be calling it ISIS. We've got these homegrown terrorists. We've got these people beheading people. You've got um, Hassan, the, the guy that killed 13, 14 people at Fort Hood. They're being enabled by the media who calls this workplace violence, reinforcing what the Obama says. This is all workplace violence. No, it's not. He's busy trying to convert people to... Islam, the cult that's killing all the Westerners, he just won't come out and say what he really believes. We're being led by the biggest coward in the world. Now he's threatening Israel for the construction they're doing in East Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. uh, Jerusalem, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. And what, what he's doing, again, siding with the Muzzies, saying that Oh, Israel's the bad person in the area. Israel's a little country surrounded by all these Islamists, uh, the cult members that only want to kill. They don't care about anything else. And Absolutely. I think it's really humorous. I'm sorry? Yeah, that's that. they're, they're not wanting uh, money and territory. They want death 
to anyone who's not a Muslim. You know what's funny is uh, they are afraid of women. The woman we send over there are in the military because if they're killed by a woman, they don't get their 72 virgins. <laughs> We've you know, we got a pig blanket for them, don't we? Yeah, exactly. you got to dip all the bullets in uh, baking grease before you shoot them. Yeah. Uh, you got him going to the U.N., apologizing again and bringing up Ferguson. Are you kidding me? And you got uh, Michelle, Michelle going to the U.N., her giving a speech saying that women are not treated equally as men in America. They both hate the country, just like you are saying earlier, David. They hate the country. And I got a, a little list of uh, Obama saying, it ain't my fault. The economy, it's Bush's fault. Obamacare, it's Sebelius's fault. IRS scandal, it's Cincinnati's fault. And Lois Lerner's fault. Fast and Furious is the gun store's fault. No, it's the FBI's fault. Now nah, Republicans' fault. That's a phony scandal. The AP scandal. It's the Justice Department's fault, but not Eric Holder's. Benghazi. It's Hillary Clinton's fault, says the backer of Elizabeth Warren. Russia. Oh, it's Vladimir Putin's fault. He doesn't remember him being over there saying, well, after the election, I'll have more leeway. Right. ISIS. It's Jim Clapper's fault. He throws anybody under the bus. It's not my fault. None of this is my fault. I have a Nobel Peace Prize. This is the idiot that the Libs and the Dems are following. Incredible. Doctor, what are your thoughts? First, for the um, jihad, there is an American jihad going on. We know about the beheading now in Oklahoma. They're claiming it's more workplace violence that this subordinate to the woman, uh, uh, they had an argument at the workplace, and, and he cut her head off. He, the gentleman in question, the terrorist, was a recent convert to the Muslim religion, so I believe it's a, it's an American terrorism act and it's jihad in origin. I tell you, they don't admit that that was yeah. a black man that cut a white woman's head off. Okay? No, they, they won't tell you that, and they avoided that. You notice that in the media, very carefully crafted news pieces about this beheading, and there's more to come. Uh, more to the point, uh, yesterday the State Department uh, condemned Israel for building more homes in, in so-called occupied Palestinian territories. That's the biggest thing on the menu right now, to condemn Israel. Israel was just at the U.N. Um, Netanyahu gave a great speech about terrorism and about Iran, and he said Iran is the bigger threat than ISIS because it's obtaining a nuclear weapon. And that's very true, guys. Uh, if, if Iran gets the weapon, they will use it for sure. And we know Korea and uh, Russia are helping them develop that weapon. So that, that's coming down the pike as well. So there's a big mix out there of threats against uh, Israel and America uh, in general. I believe, though, that Obama wants to kill America in a number of levels. He's not quarantining the areas, uh, disallowing flights from Libya, Liberia, sorry, Sierra Leone, Gabon, and the rest of these West African countries from coming here. They're allowed to come in, uh, and uh, like the Liberian who came into Texas with Ebola, we're going to see more cases of that. This morning we were told that there's a second potential case in Dallas, a case possibly in uh, Hawaii as well, but they are allowing the flights, and there are 13,500 visas already in place from these these uh, soiled or these Ebola hot zones, if you will. So 
I, Obama's not protecting us at all. The Mexican, the Al-Soda's still in Mexico and should have been home the next day. Obama's doing nothing for the country, and he's diverting attention from his other failures uh, to these failures as well. Uh, we're stirring the pot on ISIS. We may have boots on the ground very soon uh, in ISIS-affected areas, but we do have boots on the ground in Ebola-affected areas. And that, that's a contradiction in terms. They shouldn't be there at all. This disease kills between 50 and 90% of uh, the people that come in contact with it. And you're going to see a lot of deaths now in America due to uh, Ebola, not ISIS. So what are you guys' thoughts? Well, you know, he needs a crisis. Obama needs a crisis. And, and you just stated it right on the top. He wants Ebola virus over here. That's the reason he put those 3,000 troops over there in hopes of bringing it back to this country and spreading it. What does the crisis mean? The crisis means he can invoke martial law. Yeah. Michael Talley and myself agree wholeheartedly. We keep talking about this, that he's wanting to bring up martial law. And it's a – can you – Imagine him permanently as the dictator in chief now, with a martial law invoked. That's what he wants. He wants to be able to eliminate Congress, eliminate the courts, do whatever he pleases. With the three thousand military people, he's turning our military into medics. That's not what they're there for. Mm-hmm. But they're sending three thousand of our military people to Africa. How many of them are going to come back with Ebola? How many of these kids that he's got through all 50 states now, of course 57 if you listen to him, but all 50 states that are going to school, the schools don't know what to do with them. They're bringing diseases in we've not faced before. They don't get the inoculations, the vaccinations that we get. It's ridiculous. The, the very good point. The enterovirus D68 that's now spreading across the uh, country, I think it's in 40 states, is endemic below the southern border. It's been brought here now. Uh, children are being paralyzed from it. They're going to intensive care units. Some children have already died from it who have had a prior lung disease. So that southern border is the key to, if you protect it and not bring these kids in, we're going to have more uh, protection against having these diseases in this country. As for Ebola, there are things that we can do by quarantining these Ebola hot zones. We're not doing that. And, and therefore, we're going to have these Liberians coming in uh, and causing this kind of problem that we're seeing right now. So he, Obama wants it. He's being politically correct. You cannot black, back, uh, black people from coming in from Liberia because it's incorrect. Uh, why, why would we do that? We're racist then. Now we're racist for Liberians, and soon we'll be racist for Gabonis and racist for Sierra Leones. How, how, how and when does it stop? Uh, how many cases of Ebola do you think is going to develop from that one person who came from Africa over to Dallas, Texas? Now, uh, he was first handled by people in there, and it's not proven that he told them that he came over uh, from actually burying a person who died from And then... All of a sudden, we have like 80 quarantined, and then those 80 have been involved in others, and there's now hundreds that are are being looked at uh, from just the one case where no one bothered to to say, where did you come from? Or if they did, they didn't pay attention to where he came from. They keep saying it's not respiratory. There's a study out of Canada in 2012 showing, and I think we talked about it last week or week before, separated animals who 
came in, one had Ebola, one didn't, and the animals that were separated from them got the Ebola as well. So there is some suggested evidence that it's mutating and or it's coming down the pike that it'll be respiratory in origin. And if it is, if it is, and this guy had it, the whole point going to people that came in with him can have it. Now, he went from Liberia to Brussels to Dallas, okay? So any anywhere along the line, any of those people could have got it from him. And if it is air droplets and the respiratory component, you're going to see a lot of sick people coming in here. So Look, it's coming Canada, our way, guys, whether we like it or not. Yeah, Canada has, has uh, on top of the fact that they believe that it is an airborne virus, not yep. just the fluid as the uh, yep. CDC uh, is trying to uh, advocate here. It's the idea that we don't know what we don't know, but the Canadians are over there doing a lot of testing, and they certainly believe that it very well could be, they don't have the specific proof, an airborne virus. Do you understand that with that man sitting in an airplane, everyone on that plane, yeah. now everyone on that plane is with someone else, and every one of those people is with someone else, et cetera, et cetera. It just is going to uh, placate itself. Well, the airlines have close circulation in terms of ventilation, so it could have gotten all through the cabin. The uh, captain could have gotten it as well. The prior flight that he went into Brussels on, they could have gotten it as well. Uh, and this poor guy, unfortunately, uh, is sick. Whether he'll be cured here or not, I don't know. Very few of the 5,800 registered hospitals have the ability to contain this kind of virus. So we have another problem. If we have a huge outbreak, where are these people going to go? General hospitals won't be able to handle it. And this particular Dallas hospital screwed it up. In a good medical history, they hear the guy's accent. They want to ask, where are you from? Have you traveled recently? And I don't know if that information was transferred, as you mentioned. He was released to wander out. Uh, yeah. He was in there for two, two days. days. Yeah, two days, yeah. Now there's sounds like 80 people that he came in contact with. Yeah. This, this is... Asinine. I've never heard of us bringing people into the country. Of course, we don't have a president now. We got a miscreant. Of, you know, a we don't have a president. Chief. Very we good. President. Well said. Yeah. yeah. You know, we need somebody up there that can say, "Yo, we don't want Ebola here. Well, no, we're not going to send a military to Africa to fight Ebola. Are you nuts? What are we going to shoot the germs out of the air? They're military. Yeah. He's destroying the military. Yeah. Ebola is a lot worse than ISIS, guys. It's a lot worse than ISIS. People don't realize AIDS, AIDS at least you stayed alive for a while. Ebola kills within weeks of the time of contracting it. You have three to 23 days while you're symptomatic uh, to spread it around. Even guys who are cured, they could spread it through semen. It could get onto utensils at your home uh, and so forth. So we have a real big problem here, and it's being introduced not only in Texas and Hawaii, but all over the country. If these people with visas from West Africa keep coming in here, which especially they're traveling to Washington, D.C., to 60 miles south of me, we're going to see it all over the place. Oh, you know, I want the holidays I wanna... coming. You have, you have people coming home from oh, yeah. all the various states spreading it that way. Yep. You know, this is all part of the Obama's plan to destroy the country. You know, the, the, the incredible over. thing is that's that's our immediate that's our immediate future. But yeah. you know what's really lurking out there, and I mean an overall threat, is something like uh, the Muslim that's on CNN, the Farid Zakari, who yeah. comes out and he's uh, actually embarking on trying to say that we need to to arm up and to be loving to Iran 
because they are the ones that they uh, they announce that they are creating the terrorist groups to go in fight against this other terrorist group, and quite frankly, that means that that eliminates that connective uh, connectiveness to Iran. I mean, look at every, they they create Hezbollah, they they create uh, all of the and finance all of the terrorist groups, and now they don't like this particular one, so they create another one to go over and to fight ISIS because it, it's uh, a conflict to their. Uh, they are not wanting money. They're not wanting territory. They want death to people who are not Muslims. Now, the, uh, the Iraqi army is needed to destroy ISIS, as uh, airstrikes alone can do it. But the Iraqi army, which today is not much more than the Shia militia, is not doing anything. They're not going to go and strike their brothers, okay, to get uh, Baghdad to move, Washington must appeal to Iran. <laughs> the United States has some influence with the Iraqi government, but Iran has more. The Shiite religious parties that today run the country have been funded by Iran for decades. The leaders lived in Tehran and Damascus during the long exiles from Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein's regime. If the goal is to get the Iraqi government to share more power with the Sunnis, Iran's help would be inevitable, perhaps vital, he says. Oh, yeah? Well, his case rests on the false assumption that Tehran wants to help diversify the government of Baghdad. What the Shiite bureaucracy wants to do to incorporate Iran. Shiite majority into a, uh, a feared and revived Persian Empire, far more powerful than any caliphate fantasy of ISIS. And of course, Sakari claims Iran helped oust the former uh, Prime Minister Nouri al Maliki, but that was because he had come ineffective that Iran had uh, orchestrated a new government which Zakari admits is still under Iranian control only proves what the real strategic goal is, of course, to have to get rid of all of the of the uh, non-Muslims and create a new Persian empire. Well, Iran's goal is to destroy the U.S., very simple, very easy to see. The whole thing breaks down to east against the west, so to speak. The Islamics, the cults, they want to kill all Americans. That's it. Bottom line. This idiot that we have as a phony president, not protecting us from the Islamic cult, not protecting us from the Muzzies, calling any killings over here beheadings, and that's not the way you typically kill people over here, calling that workplace violence. And not admitting that it's uh, a white woman that got her head chopped off. And everyone, every every media ran from that and did not say a single word of that. And that same black man has been uh, on record as hating white people. He actually tried, the reason why he was put on leave 
is he was trying to transform everyone there to his new Muslim theology and how he hated white people. And the first thing he did was cut a white woman's head off and jumped on another white woman before the white man killed the black man. Now, Al Sharpton should be coming in on that. The white man killed the black man. Well, well he did what he had to do, and that's that's what sir, they say. It takes a good guy to with a gun to stop a bad guy with a gun. News to him, the uh, the Iranians don't like black people, and the Iraqis do not like black people. I speak some of both languages. Let me tell you something. They don't like these guys. They don't like homosexuals. They stone them. They hang them. They evict them from the countries. They don't like black people as well. They bring them in as servants, and there is still slavery in, in um Africa and, and in the Middle East, there is slavery of a time. And there are black people by and large. Because they look at them as low-grade animals. And if you look around this country, and I'm sorry to say who's ever listening, these people are 13% of the population and committing 80% of the violence in this country. So if they're not animals, what are they? They're predators. Or it's, it's unbelievable. And the Iran's biggest threat to us is to getting a nuclear weapon. Otherwise, there are 70-plus million of them over there who can't do crap to us unless they have that kind of weapon or they sneak it into New York City. That's our goal. We should stop them from getting a nuclear weapon, and Obama's not allowing that at all. He's been too easy on them on that. For, for fighting ISIS, there are only 31,000 of them. We have a million people in our military. Israel has a half a million people. Why, why are we so afraid of ISIS all of a sudden? What, what is this ISIS thing that we shouldn't allow these people to get their heads cut off? Take them out. Tell Americans you, you should not go to, to Iraq, Iran, and then the rest of these places where ISIS exists. But we're sending, they're still going there. So, so two beheadings means we should go to war? It don't make any sense. Right. You know, uh, just on a, a quick note, did you know that uh, welfare pays more than the $15 per hour that they're wanting to bring the minimum wage to? There are people out there that current welfare system that provides so many uh, added benefits, they don't want to get a job. This is yeah. what Obama has helped create. So if we take initiative and self-worth and away from people to keep them in that in that uh, uh, sheep-like mode that are are easily controlled. That's that's what we're we're facing right now. It's it's a 2009 a Fair Labor Standards Act has uh, dedicated the the federal minimum wage at uh, Seven fifty or seven twenty-five an hour, and some people think that's too low, and some think it's too high. But in, it turns out that in thirty-five states, it's a better deal not to work, and instead to take advantage of the federal welfare programs. Are you aware that here in Maryland, nearly ten percent of the population has Obama phones? Over six hundred thirty-five thousand of them that we're paying the bills for. My wife handed me a, a bill last night as an example. My office phone bill. I have two lines coming on mine, six on hers. This for the two. I'm paying a hundred sixty dollars a month for two phone lines coming in. And she said, "Look at this. It's thirty dollars in taxes and surcharges. You know where the surcharges go? To pay for those Obama phones. Look That's at right. your uh, we're cell phone bill. They also have surcharges on them." to pay for free funds. So they come into my wife's dental office. They look around. These kids coming in. They're 12-year-olds with cell phones. They're 13-year-olds with cell phones talking to their friends. Unlimited. 
There's this talk and talk and talk on the phone. Who is paying for this? We have people coming in with BMWs and Mercedes on medical assistance here in Maryland. We have five open casinos of the six. Where do you think these people are getting their money from? They take the EBT card, shove it in an ATM, and three, $400 pops out. That's where the money's going. This has to stop. And they're not stopping, and the government knows it, the Democratic government here knows it, and they want to continue it, because this is how they get votes. Uh, it's as simple as that. If it, was not, if it was not for just some freak accidents, and the Fast and Furious was able to go down as planned and secretly undercovered with Eric Holder, uh, it would have created the crisis that they're looking for, the constantly needing a crisis. You know, that's that's the Saul Alinsky uh, playbook. You have to have a crisis. You don't let a good crisis go without uh, capitalizing on it. They create them. This Ebola thing we talked about, I, I, in my heart, I swear, God is my witness, that he's trying to bring that, to bring a crisis to this country. Now, I'm... I'm Confident that there are a lot of people out there who swing so far left. I mean, we got the Van Joneses running out the ass here. There's too many of them with tenure. We need to get in there and clean house and get the, that kind of trash out of any kind of authoritative type of figure. I mean, can you imagine, you know, the, the kids being uh, educated by these communist people that are. They hate this country so badly. They want to try to blow it up at times. Look at look at what took place in in past. Do we want to keep making those same mistakes? It's it's incredible how we can go and let the left just deflate us by changing the subject or just saying that's not true. That's not true. You know, doing the uh, Uncle Joe thing. Uh, it has some value to understand that we have a crisis on our hands, and that's educating our regular, everyday people. Things like this are, are credible, but yet they can be told, don't pay attention to that, pay attention to what's, you know, don't pay attention to the guy behind the curtain, pay attention to what I'm telling you. You know, it's incredible, but we've got that to face. How are we going to face it? Well, we got these college institutions that are disrupting the real truth and just destroying the education of our kids. We got Mumia being asked by, I think it was Columbia University, to give their graduation speech. This is a, a convicted cop killer that the left wants to save all the time. He's an idol. We got Ayers teaching, got Doran teaching, got all these people that hate the country are now teaching under tenure in our universities. You got the common core. Come on. That's creating communism. It's creating the Democrat left wing. You remember, Democrats are controlled by the communists. Now, now we've got Obama and the Obama coming out saying that if you homeschool, you have to teach the common core standards. They're going to destroy the education system any way they can. We're turning out idiots. And the people that this guy expects to elect his Democrats, you got the millennials, you got the people on welfare. The only thing we have going for us is the fact that these are lazy people we're talking about. They're not going to go vote. We can cater them all we want. They're not going to vote. His only chance is martial law. 
and that's I, not going to happen otherwise. I have something to tell you guys. I posted something about Ebola and coming into the country, and this idiot named Rick, I don't care what he, excuse me, Rich Parks, said, I have to stop fear-mongering. It could come in from anywhere. How could you just keep saying and churning the, you're churning the bucket, if you will, <laughs> fear-mongering. Idiot that's fear-mongering. Ebola is here. It's going to be everywhere, and I'm fear-mongering. These are the kind of idiots that ha- inhabit LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and the rest of the place. These are stupid people, and they're dumbed down, and they don't understand the mechanism by which we're going to all be killed. Okay, and this is Obama's plan to kill America, and he's doing a great job out of it, audience. Absolutely. Now, see, we didn't have Ebola before; we have it now. What's changed? Exactly. The idiot president. Three thousand troops put right in the middle of it. Come on. Yeah. They're going to come back to all the various states. You know, yeah. somewhere we're going to be carrying Ebola. This guy is it's another way to kill the states. What about, what about Harry Reid? Are we going to fire his ass, or is he is he going to be sucked in with the communist vote again with uh, the Democrats? Well, they put the Blasio in. You never know about Reid. He's such a piece of idiocy. He got under Reid got it under very suspicious circumstance in 2010, which would take a lot longer than time we have to speak. He's in there right now. By the skin of his teeth, he was put in there. But he likes a two-vote majority, but he controls the flow of the bills coming in, and a lot of those bills would help America, especially people get jobs. But he's blocking all that. Why would a man block Americans from getting jobs? Why would a man block uh, support for uh, uh, Ebola drop from the sky. You could bring, you could send down supplies to the people on the ground. Why do we have to send those soldiers in there? He pat him on the back. He has to send them over. Send his own son over. You know, he has a son who's a lawyer as well as him. So the construct of the Senate right now is bad. We need to get them out of there. We may actually have a uh, two or three vote majority coming in uh, in this election. So hopefully, I pray that. Happen. I pray that happens. We yeah. have thought to take that Senate back over, and you were talking about the bills sitting on his desk. There's 391 of them at last count. So there's no need to even send any more. He does not allow the House uh, uh, bills to get even on the floor. And when he got that that, uh, nuclear authority in there where it's just 51%, if we get the Senate back, that's going to work in our favor. Because we can blow their asses out of the water then and go ahead with a very quick uh, impeachment because then we have the 51%. And, you know, just read the Constitution. It's controlled by the Senate. That's why we didn't get the full uh, thing when uh, when uh, uh, Clinton was impeached is because we didn't control both houses. Well, looking into the future, you can see if Republicans take over the Senate, the first thing the Demis are going to do is complain about us using the nuclear option. Sure. They won't take responsibility for starting it, but they're going to blame us for using it. Sure. Like blaming Bush for everything that he's done. And, you know, he came up with the blame factor, and nobody ever competes with that. No, they don't ever challenge that. It's it's kind of like the thing that really pisses me off about the, the beheading of that white woman. Nobody wanted to use that word. They didn't want to, no, no, we don't, we don't bring that out. Why? Can't we get, can't we get, this is the only radio program or the only media that ever, I can't find it out there, ever being stated. That was a white woman beheaded by a black man, folks. 
and it's not being told to anyone. Yeah. The media like, won't say it. Just like the police yeah. officer that was shot in Ferguson. He was white. Where's Jackson and Sharpton on this one? Nowhere. If it's not black, they don't do it. These guys are, are just oh, the worst miscreants. They're as bad as the Obama well, the, holder. The race hustlers and shakedown artists, that's what they are. And they, uh, Jesse Jackson was giving a speech in Ferguson. He was booed. He was trying to raise money for his Rainbow Coalition there. Yeah, yeah. He was, that was funny. <laughs> and his That's son amazing. is serving. Is his son still serving time for whatever? <laughs> oh, they don't mention that. I think all the police officers in Ferguson want to leave Ferguson and say, "You blacks want to kill each other." Knock yourself out. That's what I say, too. Put a fence around it. Let them kill each other. Put a yeah. fence around Baltimore. Let them kill each other. Tell the oh, whites I'm... to stay out. I'm afraid to go down and see a Baltimore Orioles game or a Ravens game. Unless you go down in large groups, they're beating the crap out of people. They just opened up a brand-new casino in Baltimore City. We don't want to go down there. I play Keno because they're going to kill us. You know, M- Megan Kelly had a black man on one evening talking just about this right here. He said the... The absolute, the absolute most repulsive thing is that blacks keep talking about this uh, racial thing and they're being uh, uh, taunted by the white, when in fact there is more black-on-black crime than there is on anything else in the world, you know? And then he talks very fluently about all of that. And that's the kind of people that we need to get out there, and I salute Megan Kelly for doing that. I do not remember the gentleman's name, but it was uh, so informative. He told the truth, and the truth hurts. That's why the news media doesn't want to use the truth. I mean, you would never, never hear anybody coming out and saying anything about the the white woman that just got her head cut off by the black man, or they didn't they didn't talk about the black kids only knocking the back of the head of an an old white person to, and it was calling it, uh, what was it, uh, smash and grab or something? I don't remember. Oh, that yeah, that. a knockout game. Yeah. yeah they, they didn't actually elaborate on that, just the act. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yesterday in Florida, a man was found guilty of shooting at blacks who were playing too loud music. They were, and he thought they they got out of the car to, to hurt him. He pulled out his gun and, and blew them away. One of the blacks died, and and I heard the family say, "Well, this is for Trayvon Martin. This is for people living in fear of white people." <laughs> it's it's yeah. it, the paradox is this kid may or may not have had a gun. We don't we still don't know. They couldn't find the gun. This guy is going to be serving thirty or forty years in jail for defending himself, and that's what's happening around. We we're the victims. The whites who are defending themselves are the victims right now, yet we're being victimized by a society that wants to see white people put down as much as it can. Well, what about the the six-foot-six, 300-and-something-pound supposedly child that that the white uh, police officer had to shoot because he was beating the hell out of him, and he had bruises and the the stuff to, and the blood to show it, but yet... Oh, we've got to protest because that was a a uh, an unauthorized or whatever illegal killing from a white cop to the black child, the boy, six foot six, three hundred something pounds, beating yeah. the hell out of the cop. Yeah. You know what? Watch out because you want to jump on me like that. I'm blowing your ass off too. Well, 
the first bullet should have killed him. Actually, the cop did him a favor. He tried to bring him down with five other bullets, but the kid wouldn't stop, so he kept coming at him. And their job is to stop him, and he shot him in the head, and that's how it stopped him. Because he would have been killed, the police officer, I believe. Did you see the damage to the guy's eye? The entire eye socket was blown out. I saw the skin. It's just amazing paradox how uh, the, the police officers become the victimizer, not the victim. It's just amazing. Exactly. How in the world can anybody favorably show that the white cop did something wrong? But yet they get out in the streets and say, "Oh, we're uh, we're going to get revenge for this. Y'all, uh, y'all white people did this terrible thing. This black child." And they keep saying that. It's kind of like that Trayvon Martin thing. I mean, he was a, a head and a half taller uh, than uh, what's his name? Zimmerman. Uh, that was something on. Oh, how in how in the hell can you not look at all of the facts? Well, it's because they can't utilize it. They, being the race mongers, cannot utilize it if you tell the truth. They have to conform it so that it makes their ideologue go along so they can keep getting their money. That's how they get paid is to exploit Black people. Black people exploit black people. They get paid. Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, the two that come quickly to mind. You know, uh, Al Sharpton owed a lot of taxes. If it was us, we'd be thrown in the jail. He gets away with it. They diminish the tax. Then they don't report it anymore, uh, what's going on. This is the same way with Wrangell, who had a couple of condos offshore. He didn't report it. And then they they quietly... Uh, don't talk about it anymore. This is how things are treated here. The blacks are, are victimizers. They're not victims in many cases, as you may oh, think. You know, Charlie Rangel got that. Was that Charlie Rangel uh, that stood up before Senate and admitted that, yes, he did wrong, but there was politics involved, and and then the, the entire yeah. Senate jumped up and applauded him? Yeah, isn't that amazing? It, that was incredible. <laughs> we got very few politicians that we can actually trust that are going to do the right thing. Yeah. They're getting paid 175000 a year plus expenses. Yeah. They don't want to lose their job and to do anything to keep it, including turning on the American people. That's what they do. They've already turned on the American people. Look what they've done to us. By, by being quiet, they've turned on us. By not controlling Obama, they've turned on us. The power of the purse is how to control Obama, and they're not doing it. Well, you got a black president, they're afraid of being called racist. Political correctness is killing this country. Yeah. And if we can't, the three of us on this radio are doing a damn good job of getting the note out there. But I guarantee you, political correctness is killing this country. It really is. And, it is. We, we can't be. We're open on this show. I can't be open like this on other shows. You know why? Because there is political correctness, especially from these large corporate structures that run lots of stations. They won't. They won't allow it. You're told ahead of time to keep your mouth shut. You, you, that's why I like this show. This is such a great show because we can speak our minds openly and people listen. And if they don't like us, call in. Tell us why you don't like yeah, us. Tell us why. Why the reasons we think we're wrong. Let us know. Yeah. Well, Oh, I would, love to stick Tal- I would love to stick Michael Talley on him. Please call in. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll pit bull. I'll pit bull in chief. <laughs> Good work. Well Everybody well agrees with this or afraid to call in? One or the other. Excellent. Absolutely. Yeah, we give them out the phone number. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the They're afraid of us. We'll jump on them. They're afraid. 
<laughs> I can't imagine having a radio program without you two guys. I mean, we we're like uh, the the same uh, set of butter. You know what I mean? Bread and butter. It's incredible. We we get uh, the message across, and, and I think we're doing America a good deed. And yeah. and uh, and until uh, yeah. they jump in and and kill me, I'm gonna keep doing it. And I, you guys. <laughs> Come back next Thursday. Dear President Obama, we, the people, have stated resolutely we reject your vision for our country. You claim you have not heard us. We, the people, have assembled across America resisting your efforts to subvert our Constitution and undermine our liberty. You claim you have not seen us. Since you have not acknowledged our message, let us here present it once more. For if, as President Wilson said, a leader's ear must ring with the voices of the people, the time has come. Our greatest treasure is...